I really can't believe that this year is almost over. It's completely blowing my mind. I'm struggling to even deal with the fact that it's almost over. You know, I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old, so every year that passes, life changes so much. But Happy New Year, everybody. We are about to walk into 2020. And thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. You know, there's three ways in the Bible that Satan manifests himself. A lion, a snake, and a dragon. And if there's one thing that the devil would love to do next year, would be to just put the spirit of fear inside of you and try to keep you from what God has called you to do. Well, with a new year comes a lot of excitement, but there's a lot of new fears that come with new years. And the devil would love to try to keep you from your destiny and what God has called you to be. But we're going to walk into the new year with the spirit of peace instead of the spirit of fear. And today we're going to talk about the spirit of fear. We're going to talk about that lion, that snake, and that dragon. Because there's one animal that can overcome all of them. Stay tuned to hear about it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Let's go. Psalm chapter 91 and verse 1. Says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because He hath set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high, because He hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. I believe that fear will be the cause of paralysis in the church during the last days. The devil wants nothing more than for you to be paralyzed with fear of the enemy and his kingdom. I'm reminded of a deer that gets caught in the headlights of a car. Not long ago, they conducted a survey to fully understand why these animals freeze as though in a state of paralysis when confronted with an oncoming vehicle. The survey says when a headlight beam strikes eyes that are fully dilated to capture as much light as possible, deer cannot see at all and they freeze until the eyes can adjust. They don't know what to do, so they do nothing. And I feel like I'm speaking to somebody today that can look in the headlights of the enemy and see oncoming traffic, if you will. And the enemy would like nothing more than for the church to freeze. The enemy would love it for the church to be paralyzed, to paralyze itself in fear. We don't know what to do, so the enemy would like for the church to do nothing.
paralysis is a horrible thing because it can keep you from moving your hands and your feet. It can keep you right where the enemy wants you, helpless, powerless, and pitiful. And I'm going to stand as tall as I can on this podcast today and proclaim to you that although the world is in a dark hour, this is the greatest hour for the church of the living God. It's not time to shut up, sit down, or be shushed. It's not time to back up or be bewildered and boring. It's time for the church to stand up and shout out with a loud voice that Jesus Christ is Lord. The world has hope, you have hope, and the enemy cannot defeat you. The world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. Read with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. It's not time for the church to be frozen. It's not time for the church to live paralyzed and do nothing. The devil wants you in a state of paralysis. Here's why. Because God has called you to be the body of Christ. You are his hands and his feet. Not only does the devil want to paralyze you with fear, but he wants to take away your hope. And I need you to hear me today that the devil didn't give you your hope. Jesus gave it to you. And the devil can't take away something that he didn't give to you in the first place. In my opening here, I'm reminded of a story, uh, a true story that took place in Atlanta Uh, quite a few years ago, happened right here in Georgia. It's a story of a nine-year-old boy named Willie Merrick. Willie was playing outside one day and was kidnapped from his Atlanta driveway by an unknown man. The family began to panic and had no idea what to do. The police didn't have the answer until finally Willie came walking back up to his parents' doorstep and the family rejoiced, selling, shouting, Willie, you're okay. Thank God you're okay, Willie. Of course, they began to ask Willie what happened. And he began to explain. The man just drove me around in his car for hours, said the boy. He began to explain that his favorite song was Every Praise by Hezekiah Walker. He said, I was so afraid I didn't know what to do, so I just kept singing. Every praise is to our God, God my Savior, God my Healer, God my Deliverer. The kidnapper kept telling me to shut up, but I just kept on singing. Finally, the man said, get out of my car. I can't take this anymore. And he told his mama, he said, he just let me go because I kept on singing. I'm telling you that this little boy's life could have possibly been spared that day, been saved that day, because he decided to respond to fear with praise rather than paralysis. Guys, hear me today. It's not time for the church to be quiet. We've got to shout out every praise is to our God. And the devil wants so bad for you to shut your mouth. He wants so bad for you to be quiet. Matthew 9 and 32 
As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Before Jesus delivered him, he couldn't speak. But once he was delivered, the first thing Jesus gave him was a voice. Because delivered people tend to be loud people. And I wonder what would happen in the church in the last days if when the church is confronted with fear that we would respond with praise instead of paralysis. There is absolutely nothing that could stop the church of the living God if we will take on this mindset. So in today's episode, I want to talk about three ways that Satan manifests himself, uh, the lion, the snake, and the dragon. And so we're going to dive into it. Look with me. I'm excited about this. Stay tuned. So one of my all-time favorite preachers on the planet is Brother Scott Graham. And he was preaching here in Georgia one time. He told this story. He said, Somebody told me one time, the enemy is getting stronger every day. The church really doesn't stand a chance in the last days. Brother Graham said, oh, oh, really? Why do you say that? The bewildered, frightened young man said, just look throughout scripture. You can see the enemy is growing stronger And that's what I want to bring to your attention. He said, he said this, he said, in Genesis, Satan was a snake. In first Peter, he was a lion. And in revelations, he was a dragon. Can't you see he's growing stronger with every passing day? Now, Brother Graham said this, I will never forget it. He said, I can't help but be reminded of the writings of somebody who refused to keep his mouth shut, the praiser, the worshiper, the poet, the psalmist, David. Psalm 91 and 13. One of my favorite scriptures now says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under your feet. David hadn't read the book of 1 Peter. It hadn't been written yet, he could never have known that Satan would be referred to as a lion. He hadn't read Revelations yet. It hadn't been written. He could have never known Satan would be referred to as a dragon. But it's as though the Holy Ghost came over David and he began to worship and write prophetically. It's as though the Holy Ghost was trying to tell his church, it doesn't matter what stage of time or what form the enemy decides to manifest himself in, the enemy will never have victory over the church. He said, thou shalt tread upon the adder, the young lion, and the dragon, the adder, That's the snake. It said you're going to trample them under your feet. It's like David was saying, no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know (laughs) that we win. Matthew 16 and 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, 
and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there are three ways that Satan will manifest himself. And so I want to draw your attention to these three ways that Satan will try to sneak into your life. He'll try to destroy your life throughout these three manifestations that we can see in Scripture. Now, we already know from the writings of David that no matter how he manifests himself, no matter if it's a lion, a snake, or a dragon, we're going to trample him under our feet, right? And so we have to know how to strategically and intentionally fight the enemy. And if there's one word I, I really want you to hear me use today is intentional. If you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to approach 2020 with the most intentional mindset that you have ever had in your life, that I'm going to pray intentionally. I'm going to outreach with intention. I'm going to fast with intention. I'm going to praise with intention. Everything that I'm going to do, I serve an intentional God, so I'm going to be intentional with my prayer strategies. So let's start with the lion. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roar, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour now let's think about this for a minute lions will always seek after the one who has separated himself from the herd lions understand that they can't capture their prey when they stick together so he tries his best to separate them from the herd. When Satan manifests himself as the lion, his strategy will be to separate you from the body of Christ. You are a part of the body of Christ. Look with me in 1 Corinthians 12 and 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored and the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Never let the enemy deceive you by thinking you're not important to the body of Christ. The, the lion, this manifestation of Satan, his strategy will always be to get in your mind and say, you don't need to go to church. Nobody at church likes you. Nobody cares about you. I'm reminded of this corny joke, uh, just bear with me. I am a dad, so just give me some leniency here for just a moment. He says, I'm not going back to church. Well, sweetheart, why not? Well, I don't like them, and, and, and they don't like me. And his mama looked at him and said, sweetheart, you've, you've got to go back to church. He said, no, I don't. No, I don't like them. They don't like me. She said, sweetheart, you're the pastor. You have, <laughs> you have to go back to the church, right? And isn't it just like the devil to try to make us think that everybody at church hates us and everybody's out to get us and everybody's backbiting? And, and yes, there are situations where things happen in the church that shouldn't happen. But listen, whatever you do, get to the house of God. I love it when David said, I was, I was overwhelmed, I was troubled until... I made it to the house of God. 
Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Don't fall uh, to the strategies and the tricks of the lion. The second manifestation of Satan that I want to hit on today in the podcast is the adder, or in modern English, the snake. The snake is the second creature David spoke of, and the snake is symbolic of deception. It always has been. Just like in the Garden of Eden, sometimes Satan will try to manifest as a snake in your life. This is a manifestation of deceitfulness. He will try and convince you that God is not real and that holiness doesn't matter. Right? How many times has the devil tried to sneak in your mind and say, does holiness really matter? Does God really care about that? Well, if you read scripture, absolutely. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So absolutely, God cares about it. But the adder will always attack the word of God. You look at it from the beginning of scripture, John 8 and 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Never allow Satan to deceive you from the revelation of truth, because if he can convince you that truth is not real, he can literally take away your freedom. Just look at that old snake in the garden. He, he twists the words of God. He twists everything from, from the mouth of God, and he tries to turn it towards his benefit in one attempt to destroy Adam and Eve. He says, he says yeah, God told you not to eat from this tree because if, you, if you'll eat of this fruit, you'll be like him. Right? So he takes what the word of God says. Think about this with me, that Adam and Eve had complete rule and reign over the garden. There was just one thing they were asked not to do, and that's the one thing Satan used to tempt them and get them kicked out of the garden. Isn't that just like the snake? Let's just apply this to modern-day philosophy and modern-day mindset here for a moment. How many times have you had complete rule and reign and apostolic authority in your life and the devil tries to get you to think about the one thing, right, that he'll be like, well, you can't do this. Don't you want to do that? Right? And then what he's really trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, he's trying to take away your freedom. And, and it's so deceitful. This is why the snake is symbolic of deception, because he will approach it and say that, that this is freedom, when really it's shackles. He'll tell you that living in sin and doing whatever you want, that's freedom. And then the second that you, uh, the Bible says that you're a slave to sin. Sin is a, a is a master that you serve. You are its slave. When you submit to sin, you become a slave of sin. And a man cannot serve two masters. Don't for one minute think that following the snake is going to lead you to some kind of freedom. And I kind of feel the anointing right now, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. Don't ever, ever believe the lie of the enemy 
that when you live for God, somehow you're missing out on some great life out in the world. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I rebuke that snake right now. The greatest life you can ever live is for Jesus Christ. He's the one who died for you. He's the one who wrapped himself in flesh and died for you. He is the one who gave himself so that you could have everlasting life. And don't for one second think that Satan has any power or authority over you. Okay, I'm off that soapbox. Let's move forward. The last of these three creatures that we're going to talk about today is the dragon. Okay, so Satan is referred to as the dragon in the book of Revelation. So we know he's he's a lion, he's a snake, and now we're in Revelation, and we're looking at the dragon. Revelations 12 and 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. Hmm, isn't that interesting how it goes back to the serpent there? called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Notice Satan was only referred to as a dragon when he was cast out of heaven. Why was Lucifer cast out? Because he tried to exalt himself higher and more powerful than God. The dragon will manifest himself in your life when he has convinced you that he is more powerful than God. I come against the voice that says you can't break addiction. That is the voice of the dragon telling you that your addiction is more powerful than God. I come against the spirit of depression. That's the dragon convincing you that depression somehow has become more powerful than your God. I come against it in the name of Jesus. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And when when you fall trap to the enemy, when you fall into this trap that somehow uh, God and Satan are duking it out, and somehow Satan has become more powerful than God— You have just allowed the dragon to manifest himself in your life because the dragon can only be manifest when he tries to exalt himself over Jesus Christ, which let me just remind you what happened the first time he tried to exalt himself, right? He got cast out of heaven. And so... As I'm wrapping this episode up, David made it very clear that all of these would be trampled under our feet. Why is it, I want you to ponder this question with me here for a minute, why is it that we have that power? Think about it. It's absolutely mind-blowing to think that we could have power to overcome and trample on the lion, the snake, and the dragon. In other words, no matter how he manifests himself, you have something inside of you that's powerful enough to overcome it. Look with me. Notice that right after John saw the vision of the dragon, the very next verse mentions a creature that was more powerful 
than anything on earth. The creature that could slay the lion. He could slay the adder. And he could slay the dragon. If you have your Bible, read with me in Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10, because it's going to be the best thing you've read all day. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the God and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We can shout because we know the name of that lamb that was slain. His name is Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the one who can overcome the lion, the snake, and the dragon. Let me present to you the lamb that was slain. And no matter what comes against us, it can't penetrate the blood of that lamb. It can't fight against the blood of that lamb. And so when you're baptized in Jesus' name, and that blood of that lamb is applied to your life, and when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and and Jesus Christ now lives inside of you, that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you have power to overcome the spirit of fear. I'll close with this. I used to play basketball when I was a teenager. I was terrible at it, um, but I was on my Christian high school team. I was I was absolutely horrible at it, terrible basketball player, but we had fun. We played in the gym, and it was kind of low-key. But I had a friend who would really kind of lose his cool a lot. And I'll never forget one time we were actually playing in the gymnasium at Indiana Bible College. And we're playing this game of, of, of basketball and somebody starts to kind of talk smack. And I'll never forget my friend Jacob picks this guy up. And throws him out of the gym. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. But the next day when I saw him at school, if anybody said Jacob, man, that guy would just freak out. I mean, he would go into the next room. He wanted nothing to do with him. Because when he heard that name, he would remember what it was like to get thrown out of that gym. And I want to remind you today that when you speak the name of Jesus, you are speaking by the authority of the one who has already cast him out. Satan has no choice but to flee. It wasn't just the lamb that took down the dragon. It was the word of our testimony. And so when you start telling your testimony and you start praising God, and when you start walking through that like Willie Merrick and saying every praise is to our God, every word of worship in one accord. Your deliverance is in your praise. God, my Savior. God, my healer. God, my deliverer. And so if you want power, and if you want to walk into the new year, overcoming the spirit of fear, because we know that the spirit of fear does not come from God. He's given us the spirit of power 
and of love and of a sound mind. So, guys, don't fall uh, into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. Yes, happy New Year's. Yes, happy new fears. There's going to be some new fears you're going to have to face. But don't doubt for one moment that God is going to walk with you. Let's pray together. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening right now. We're about to walk into a new year. And I pray that you would give us strength. And I pray that you would give us power uh, through, through the power of your spirit. I pray that we would overcome anything that would try to come against us in the church. Because we know if we stay connected to your power and connected to your church, we cannot fail. And I pray, Lord, that you would bestow a courage upon us. That courage would fall down from heaven to those that are listening right now. And remind them that, yes, there's going to be some scary things we'll have to face next year. But we're going to walk with you and believe with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. This is the last episode of 2019. And believe it or not, uh, we forgot to celebrate, but the Noteworthy Podcast turned one year old in November. So thank you guys for sticking around for an entire year. And we have 49 episodes. As soon as we go into the new year, we're going to do our 50th episode. How exciting is that? So guys, thank you. It blows my mind that you listen. It, it's so encouraging. And thank you for turning this into a ministry that can bless people. A lot of people are hearing the gospel through this podcast, and that is what it's all about. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to share it on your social media. And also, if you could leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, this does help us on the charts and gets the podcast out there so more people can listen. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you first thing next year with a new episode, episode 50. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless.